It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. College basketball betting action, the hot topic in the final hour of the show tonight. VSIN Tonight presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can find props up at DraftKings on will certain teams make the NCAA tournament field. And we've talked about those props on the show the last couple weeks. West the bubble is always a hot topic this time of year. Teams that really need wins uh, down the stretch to uh, get in the tournament. One of those teams that really needs a win is Gonzaga. And uh, I think the Zags are going to end up in pretty good shape, and I think they're going to make the field. But a game Thursday night that they probably need to win is on the road at San Francisco on the hilltop. The Zags open three-and-a-half-point favorites against San Fran and uh, total 154. I'm not going to say this is a game of the night in college basketball, but it is in terms of uh, bubble talk, a game that uh, Gonzaga's got to get. How do you feel about that number three and a half against a good San Francisco team? Yeah, this is a good San Francisco team. Uh, if you look at their record, 22 and seven, uh, a couple good wins uh, did beat Minnesota, which is looking like a better win all the time, considering how they've been playing, but did get swept by St. Mary's and, Look, a lot, lot, lot of weak sisters, uh, shall we say, in the WCC at the bottom, and uh, USF's been able to uh, take care of all of them. So uh, uh, getting, I guess, a little bit of respect in the market uh, uh, here against Gonzaga. I believe this is the uh, – or, or actually, no, they did lose by five against them in, uh, in late January. So uh, no, nothing, I, nothing I certainly have been able to play yet, but – Market money coming in a little bit on on the Dons here. Certainly uh, down the four, it was four and a half, I believe, the opener. I believe the last time Bruce Marshall was on the show with us, not the last time, when he was on the show with us last month, he said take the points with the Dons Mm -hmm. at Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. Were they getting 10 that night? Yes. And and covered that number. Bruce is going to be on with us in a half hour tonight with his best bets on the West Coast. Now, I've had a lot of people ask me over the past several weeks, what do you think sleeper teams are? In the tournament, have you pinpointed some sleeper teams? Well, one on the West Coast, if we call it a sleeper, I would say it would be St. Mary's. Doesn't get a lot of national hype. Right now, on top of the West Coast Conference, still has one game, maybe two left with Gonzaga. St. Mary's is a 16.5-point favorite of Pepperdine. On Thursday, you would think this would be a no-sweat game for the Gales. Pepperdine is terrible. That's well put. The waves are awful this season and uh, they're going to probably uh, uh under um, or experience a coaching change yeah you think soon but i think uh, the under, point being do you think ahead. do you think st mary's qualifies as a cinderella type team or a sleeper team when we get to the tournament could be now they've won 15 in a row longest active winning streak in the nation very good defense one of the things about st mary's that you often worry about is are they going to get out athleted 
at some point. They're usually good for that first meeting, and then in the second round they can get God. Uh, they certainly have been uh, uh, the last couple of years. Last time they went beyond the first weekend, I believe, was the uh, the uh, 2010 team. Uh, that ended up going 28 and six. And remember, they had the big man Omar Samhan, uh, Matthew Della Vadova, Mickey McConnell. So, you know, you had a bona fide multi-year NBA player uh, on uh, you know playoff contenders in Delhi. So, yeah, St. Mary's. You just worry, you know, that if they get the wrong matchup, that they're going to get a little bit out athleted. So I don't know how much I can believe. One thing I'll say about St. Mary's: you go back to last year's tournament, the Gales got ousted by UConn. But St. Mary's also had a key player injured in that game. And I thought of all the teams that UConn ran through in the tournament, it might have got the toughest game from St. Mary's. Yeah, even though you look at that final score and it was uh, it was, it was 70 to 55, but it was a uh, one-point game at halftime. Uh, uh, there. And then uh, UConn uh, was able to pull away St. Mary's, of course, uh, v- beat VCU uh, in, the, in the first round at, uh, before Mike Rhodes uh, left for Penn State. And remember, uh, St. Mary's two years ago, they destroyed that Indiana team off that game against Wyoming where they had to play in Dayton, and then they had to go all the way to Portland uh, to play uh, with just a day in between, and Indiana had no gas, and then UCLA uh, ran them out in the second round. Well, when you recall UConn's run through the tournament uh, last year to the championship, you pretty much think, well, they wasted every opponent. I remember betting UConn pretty big in that game against St. Mary's, and I was sweating it at halftime. It was 31-30, mm-hmm. and the Gales were right in that game. Yeah. I hate to say a team with St. Mary's record could be a sleeper, but really nobody talks about this team on a national basis. They don't because so. I think people are waiting to see if, you know, if they get to that second weekend, which right. they haven't done since 2010. In terms of tomorrow's game, uh, under or nothing for me. I actually do kind of lean to the under. There's some 137 uh, out there right now. Uh, uh, St. Mary's, uh, look, they get big leads, and then they can just grind you to a halt. Now, against Pepperdine, they didn't do that because they scored 103 points uh, uh, against Pepperdine in the first meeting, 103-59. to 59. But I've seen them do that in the second half to these lesser teams. They did it to Portland. They did it to Pacific. Uh, I think that then, and uh, also to Santa Clara, I think that they could do that to Pepperdine. So under would be the way I'd look here. All right, speaking of the DraftKings prop, yes or no, will teams make the tournament? Nebraska in a much better position to make the tournament after the Cornhuskers win at Indiana last week. That was pretty much a wire-to-wire job where uh, the Hoosiers got blown out. And I was surprised I lost on that game. I thought that was going to be a good spot for Indiana last week. But Nebraska really needed to get a a win on the road in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. And the Cornhuskers got it in Bloomington. Well, they're on the road again as three, three three-and-a-half-point dogs at Ohio State. And the Buckeyes off a big win at Michigan State on Sunday, a three-pointer at the buzzer to take down Tom Izzo's team. I thought after watching John Diebler – in his first game as interim coach against Purdue on that Sunday. And the way the Buckeyes defended with intensity and they played with more energy than I had seen all season, I said, I think this is going to be a bet on team down the stretch. And then Ohio State went to Minnesota, kind of a flat spot after that got beat. But I still believe this Buckeyes team's a bet on team. I don't, I'm not going to say that necessarily for this spot, but how do you handicap Nebraska, Ohio State when you – Consider the Cornhuskers have not been very good on the road. No, I, I like the Buckeyes, and yeah. uh, apparently so does the market. Uh, so, uh, you know, money line price here, probably the way to go. Nebraska, look, night and day road and home when we talk about those home and away splits in terms of uh, point differential or point margin. Keep in mind that win in Indiana last Wednesday was their first win on the road yep. in the Big Ten all season. They did win, surprisingly enough, at Kansas State in the Octagon of Doom where not a lot of teams uh, win, but this is still a, a, a team that's a little bit shaky on the road. I think Ohio State, they got a little something right now. They've got a little momentum because I thought maybe that's going to be a tough spot for them on Sunday against Michigan State. Uh, you know, uh, uh, it certainly was against Minnesota, uh, the previous game against Purdue. And then it's like, oh, man, here we go again with the Buckeyes. They had that one shining moment of the season where they knocked off Purdue at home. And then they rebounded against Michigan State. And they were down. Uh, and, and I actually thought, you know, far be it for me to question the great Tom Izzo, but I thought Tom Izzo kind of messed up that game, really, for Michigan State, playing those two bigs together. I know John Beeline, the former Michigan coach, was talking about that on the Big Ten Network. Why are you playing these two bigs together? You can only play one big and then four other guys that can play whatever their sizes are to surround that big guy. And, and honestly, 
when Ohio State made that run is when Ohio, when Michigan State took Xavier Booker out of the game. When Michigan's who started the game and and went with the other kids, Sissoko and Cooper, who don't give you anything offensively. So Ohio State took advantage of that, though, and then uh, hit the three at the buzzer. Jamison Battle, by the way, did not play in that game. So, yeah, you certainly want to check his status. But uh, uh, I like the Buckeyes here. I think they're going to beat Nebraska. I think they've got some momentum going. They clearly have not quit on the season. Probably a team you don't want to play in the Big Ten tournament. And look, I think that too. I was thinking that today. I said the Buckeyes could be dangerous. They're going to the be Big a Ten team tournament. that like makes the semifinals as a perhaps a double digit seed. They got Nebraska mm-hmm. at home, then they got Michigan at home on Sunday. And look, I, I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want. Even though I took them against Purdue in the points on Sunday, I don't want to bet Michigan with your money uh, necessarily at this point with the way their season is going. Then Ohio State does close at Rutgers. So Ohio State currently thirteenth in the Big Ten, but they are not playing like a 13-place team. They're playing better than Rutgers and Maryland and Indiana. playing hard for the coach, John Deeper. Absolutely. I I feel like Chris Holtman, who's a really low-energy guy, I kind of felt like the team was sleepwalking. He lost the team, and, 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 you know, and it it, it just happens. Uh, So... uh, I do do like the Buckeyes tomorrow. You can lay three with Ohio State. Uh, Right now, it's Circa and a couple other spots out there. It's three and a half at DraftKings, and I lean to the Ohio State side, too. This number opened two and a half, and early money on the Buckeyes side. You mentioned Michigan. Uh, coaching turnover in the Big Ten, you got to think Jawan Howard's probably on the way out. Is this, I thought, to circle the wagons, or the last big spot for the Wolverines was going to be against Michigan State last week, and it came up flat. In fact, couldn't score You know, down the stretch, had the game tied, couldn't score in the last six minutes of the game. I'm not sure how much fight this Michigan team's got left, but, man, Rutgers opens a seven-point home favorite against Michigan on Thursday night. Yeah, and 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 Michigan did cover against Purdue, and 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 boy, uh, Rutgers they were playing well uh, with the kid uh, Jeremiah Williams uh, uh, finally eligible. I think they won four of their first five, but uh, Scarlet Knights uh, fourteen and thirteen, six and ten in the league. Obviously, uh, uh, they have no at-large hopes. Uh, Rutgers next year are going to be very happy, though, with those two five-star kids and uh, Ace Bailey and, of course, uh, uh, Dylan Harper, the son of the legendary Scarlet Knight, I'm really Ron surprised Harper. that uh, Rutgers got manhandled at home over the weekend like it did. It, yeah, against Maryland. Boy, that was, because that's a Maryland team. I know they've been better on the road this year. But and then Maryland loses a home tonight yeah, to Northwestern. That's a Maryland I mean, team that can't shoot at all, but but Rutgers, uh, Rutgers can't really shoot either. Rutgers uh, uh, 342nd and three-point, and they're even worse from uh, two-point percent. Uh, 353 so 356 in the offensive efficiency man that's a big split for like a power six conference team 286 in offensive efficiency and fourth in defensive efficiency nationally so uh i think rockers wins they did win up in ann arbor in early february uh, uh that's a that's a, that's a hefty price tag though right, another potential superstar debuted for the dodgers today we're also going to talk more college hoops and golf betting and a a change to the college football playoff? Is that coming? Uh, we'll talk about all that next. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Put the VSIN experts to work for you. Sign up on a VSIN Pro annual subscription today. Get your first year for only $199. Down from the normal price of $240. Use promo code tonight. Get VSIN Pro access to everything for a year. And that includes our daily best bets. The betting splits to show you where the money and the bets are moving for every game. Updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes. All the content on vsin.com plus 24-7 video access. In March, we're going to have the uh, betting guide on March Madness and the bracket breakdowns, best bets for every round of the tournament. Use promo code tonight to get your first year of vsin Pro access for only $199. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe. Wes, I've got some friends who uh, will text me almost on a daily basis. What do you like in college basketball tonight? What do you like? And they don't subscribe to vsin They just want me to send them the best bets every mm-hmm. day. Over some days I do, some days I don't. But you can give them every day. That's right. If you uh, uh, sign up, I at did not put up any plays today on Vsim Pro for the Wednesday card. I just didn't feel very good about the card today. Yeah, so. yeah, and and look, that's fine. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I I I need to probably do that uh, some more days. But been been running good pretty much the entire month. Uh, last two days weren't great, but Matt. At least on the East Coast, uh, it is already, uh, or not yet, actually. It's going to be March, though, on Friday. So we have one more day in February, by the day. It is leap year. I don't know if anybody's a leap year birthday. Uh, February 29th. So it is not March on Thursday. It is March on Friday. Wow. Because I, I, I about said, okay, it's going to be March starting Thursday. So not yet. Not yet. Got to wait a day before you get the uh, this is March tweets from everybody. So March begins on Friday, huh? Yes. Okay. Looking forward to it. I love the month of March. Might be my favorite month of the year. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite month? I would say I love November. November, December, and March would be my three I, favorite. I think my uh, my favorite month is probably uh, the bowl uh, season used to be a lot better in December than it is now. But you know, in November and December, Wes, you also got the NFL, college football. College basketball, mm-hmm. plus you got all the college basketball holiday tournaments. Then you get into the bowl season in December. I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a bit of a of like the Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, song. Uh, do you remember the 21st night of September? You September, like September? Is, September, September, October, probably my favorite months. Well, speaking of uh, the college football bowl season, how about this from the mustache himself, Brett McMurphy. America's college football insider. That's right. From the Action Network, tweeted this out today. And there's been a lot of buzz about this in the last couple days. A 14-team college football playoff model is under consideration. It would give automatic bids to three Big Ten, three SEC, two ACC, two Big 12, and one group of five team, and three bids to remaining highest-ranked at-large teams. If finalized, this would start in 2026, or two years away from the 14-team playoff, if it, if it happens. And I think it will happen. I mean, 
I thought one of the most nonsensical arguments I heard for years, and I, it was always, uh, I said, why is there not a bigger playoff in college football? Why not eight teams? Uh, well, it's about money. It's about the TV contracts. Well, that didn't make any sense to me, Wes, because if it's about money and the TV contracts, there's going to be a lot more money in a playoff mm-hmm. than there is in a two-team or a four-team playoff. Why not expand it? More meaningful games means higher TV ratings, more interest in all the games. It's obviously good for the betting action, too, when you have more meaningful games. So you don't want to expand it too much. But if you're going to go beyond eight, why not just go to 16? So now, right now we're talking about going from 12 to 14. So I guess, what, two teams would get a bye? Yes. But the Big Ten and SEC are each going to have three of the spots. Mm-hmm. But you know the, the power conferences are going to be uh, power hungry when it comes to grabbing up as many spots Of course, man, the cartel going to gobble up all the spots. But uh, There's going to be a lot of money, a lot of money up for grabs in a, in a bigger playoff like this. So it's all, if it's all about TV and money, this is better. This is, I think, but, more money for everybody. But here's, uh, here's what I wonder. Uh, okay. if, if they are going to continue to try to incorporate the bowl system yeah. in this playoff or – are they going to do a little bit more like the FCS does? Obviously, the main event and the later draw games are going to be on neutral sites, but where they might actually have home games uh, for a team where you reward teams that are that are seated uh, one through four. So yeah. we'll see how they do that. I mean, I kind of like that a little bit. It gives a little bit of a different dynamic uh, in, a, in an FCS playoff. Now, that's what they do throughout, and then they have, of course, the uh, neutral site game. Uh, usually it's been in Frisco, Texas, but... I wonder if they're going to maybe do that or if they're going to try to incorporate. I know they don't want to abandon the bowl system, and there's a part of me that doesn't either because, uh, you know, I like the bowl system even though there's 8 million of them now. But I think that that those games matter, and and there's a lot of, you know— civic stuff to go along with that and raising money for charities and what all all those bowl games have, like some kind of philanthropy that they raise money for, but— yeah, I'll be interested to see how they make this work uh, in time. So the first round could be something like North Carolina at Michigan. Yes. Yeah, where uh, a higher-seated team gets a home game. Well, one and thing, then when you get to the Final Four, maybe you're playing the Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl, Cotton Bowl. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, well, one of the things that does is obviously saves, uh, saves travel money sure. for some of the home team because it's like, Man, now you got to go to like four games. I mean, as an IU fan, you're going to be traveling all over the country. Oh yeah, the oh yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I'm just hoping to go somewhere. Uh, maybe Kurt Signetti can get it done. But yeah, I, I know people will say, "Oh, the NCAA tournament." You know, they 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 travel to a first and second round site and then a regional site. Well, usually those are geographically closer too. You know, when you got Kansas in a regional uh, semifinal and final going to Kansas City. Or you got UConn going to Boston or yeah. something, or you got Purdue going to Chicago or Lexington, Kentucky, or Columbus, Ohio, or something like that. It's a lot more geographic, uh, so they don't have that necessarily set up. I guess they could try to do it in, the, in that type of format uh, for neutral sites, but look, cold weather cities too. So usually they want to play this stuff in you know in Miami or in climate-controlled stadiums like Las Vegas, like Jerry World, like SoFi, et cetera, et cetera. Good idea. Yes. I I think this bigger playoff is going to be great for TV ratings. It's going to be great for betting action, too. Mm -hmm. More meaningful games. And let's let's face it, we love the bowl season. We we grew up with it. But times change, and the bowls are not what they used to be. And now you got so many players sitting out, a lot of these bowl games have become a joke. I think the bowl season is going to remain. You're still going to have a lot of bowls. Uh, but this is better because now you have more meaningful games where I think some of the most of the players are going to uh, be active and not opt out. Yes. Let's put it this yes. way. You're going to have more key players, more good players who are not going to opt out of postseason but, games. But, but they are adding more games, Matt, because it's all about the student athletes, it's all about as the you kids. know. It's all about the kids. Well, yes. It always is. It's always about, it's about the academics uh, integrity of these institutions. The Dodgers signed uh, Shohei Otani to a 10-year, $700 million contract, and that was in December. And uh, they also signed, after that, Yamamoto, excuse me, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Domo Arigato Yamamoto. 12 years, $325 million. Right-hander made his debut for the Dodgers in spring training today. I watched a little bit of it. 
uh, pretty impressive. Man, this Dodgers team, the hype is going to be off the hook with uh, all the money spent and all the big names. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. I will say, and we talked about this last You're night. You're going to see some high prices on the Dodgers. If, if, if you uh, are betting season win total, maybe wait a little bit. Maybe they don't come out a house of fire right. right away. Maybe, you know, you could see maybe after 20 games, they're, I know this sounds ridiculous. 12 and 8. 10, 10 and 10 or 11 and 9 or something like that. Maybe you can do that. But, yeah, you are going to see high prices on the Dodgers. You're going to see them. This isn't like in the summer where they're playing the Colorado Rockies and they're $4. You're going to be seeing 3 and $3.5 immediately uh, on these teams. I mean, what were they? Uh, uh, well, spring training, uh, you're just playing split squads and, and all that stuff, so you can't look too much of the prices well, let's, there. Let's put it this way. If the Dodgers open, i got to look at their schedule. But let's say they play the Rockies in the first month of the season. And they're at home, and they got they got their ace on the mound against the Rockies. I, you're going to see the Dodgers close to minus four dollars. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, a, a, a lot earlier, a lot earlier than yeah than uh, you would certainly think. So, man, yeah, the uh, the Dodgers, I believe, I'm looking at their schedule. Uh, um, uh, w- when is opening day? Dodgers are actually five and one in uh, spring training. Right now, they did lose today. but They have the Korea <clears throat> series, by the way, against the Padres. the Padres. And then they have uh, 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 the Angels. And then uh, uh, the Thursday, March 28th, and that is the St. Louis Cardinals for uh, four days in Dodger Stadium. Yeah, look at the Dodger schedule. How about the mid-April series against Washington? Yeah, that's where you're going to see 350 probably. Right, you see some high prices in that one. All right, quick break. Bruce Marshall, the handicap college basketball. When we come back, we're also going to take a look at the best bets on Thursday's card. Wrap up the show tonight. Be sent tonight, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, Bruce Marshall, hot handicapper on College Hoops on our show Monday nights. We had to welcome Bruce back on Wednesday night. He does uh, have a lot of plays on West Coast College Hoops. And, uh, Bruce, great to have you back on. Nice job Monday night. I think Wes said, what, 4-0-1? I believe so. Uh, So very well done. And we know Bruce on Thursdays. This this is Bruce's day. He loves these games. Bread and butter, West Coast conferences. Uh, Bruce, let's start with UCLA. Bruins had won six in a row. Then they reverted to Mick Cronin ball the last couple games and uh, lost at home to Utah and USC in a couple dreadful offensive performances, especially that uh, that last game against USC. Now UCLA on the road to Washington. You can catch three and a half here with the Bruins. Are you biting on uh, Mick Cronin to bounce back here? Matt, I think I'm going to give them one more chance here. Although uh, there's a lot of Bruin fans who are thinking and still sort of silently cursing under their breath, Sebastian Mack for that flagrant two against Utah, which I think in retrospect probably cost them that game and, uh, and sort of took that momentum. They had to wait because they had to wait a whole week before they played SC and they were just, that was a very depressing loss last second to Utah. And they just, like you said, flat, they couldn't hit the broad side of Pauly Pavilion facade uh, shooting, especially in the first half uh, against SC. However, um, if you remember, uh, when they hit their earlier low point of the season was against Utah. We talked about that before. The next game, they played the Huskies, and they beat the Huskies, and that sort of started that little midseason surge by UCLA. I still do not trust uh, Washington here. UCLA still plays hard defense. If one or two of these guards. And that was one thing that Mac and Andrews in particular started to loosen up a little bit. And Mick took the reins off of those guys around midseason. That sort of fueled the uptick. I think getting away from home is probably a good thing for UCLA. I think they win this thing outright tomorrow night. So I'm going to give UCLA one more shot. And I just do not trust Washington laying points. Okay. That's 839 on the rotation and a couple three and a halfs out there. If you like UCLA uh, at Washington, Wes. Bruce, uh, let's uh, go a little bit down the board, just two games down the board, 843-844. Let's start in the West Coast Conference. Uh, Gonzaga and USF. Gonzaga, depending on which bracketologist you trust, last four in, 
for last four buys, first four out. I think most would have them slightly in the tournament, but tough test on the hilltop tomorrow. They are going to USF, a 22 and seven USF team. Doesn't have a signature win, but pretty good ball club. Uh, Gonzaga minus uh, uh, down to three and a half, even some four out there, 154 on the total. Yeah, I've been Wes. I've been watching, reading, you know, these bracketologists and uh, you know Lenardi and all these guys where they've got uh, Gonzaga. I don't know. I mean, I, I think they might be a little bit more safely in the field. I mean, their net is twenty one, um, and that is way usually in safe territory. Where they've been hurt is in this quad one thing. But uh, just a, a quick thought on that: it, it, Gonzaga didn't schedule any worse this year. What they got hurt by was over in Maui or Honolulu this year. Usually you get a chance to get a couple wins over there. And this year, the wins over Syracuse and UCLA they had uh, back in Thanksgiving week, they're not quad run wins this year. They have to be a top 50 team on a neutral Florida count. Normally those would have been. And beating USC in Las Vegas normally would have been a quad run win. This year it hasn't worked out like that for Gonzaga. So they're lacking that a little bit. Although I would maintain winning at Kentucky in the middle of conference play should be worth two quad run wins. So uh, they'll have a chance, especially when they play uh, St. Mary's on Saturday, to get one of those. But uh, I don't think they're out of this thing by any uh, means. They've sort of adjusted. They they haven't had steel vendors all year. He really could have helped them a lot with that spot shooter they needed. But Watson and the others have filled in pretty nicely. Nemhard's still been playing well. EK has been a good horse down on the blocks there. I know USF's been dangerous. Gerlison's turned into a really good coach. Bogbo has been a really nice transfer coming in. But... I think the Zags get them. I also might like the over here. USF has been a pretty solid over team uh, this season, and so has Gonzaga. Uh, so about 154. I think they'll probably get over that, and Gonzaga to win a higher scoring game and probably cover on the hilltop uh, against my alma mater tomorrow night. Bruce, we know the West Coast Conference tournament out here at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, virtually, if you want to call it a triple buy, top two seeds get into the semifinals, and then three and four uh, get into the quarterfinals. So there is some positioning to go on right now. St. Mary's and Gonzaga one two, San Francisco three, but uh, Santa Clara is currently in the four spot. Uh, looks like they're safe, but there's still some uh, mathematical things here. They are playing uh, uh, Portland. Uh, rough year for Shante Leggins. Uh, this year up in Portland and uh, the uh, Broncos laying 10 up in Rip City. Yeah, if, if the Broncos win this one and USF loses, then Santa Clara may have a chance to leapfrog USF to the three spot uh, on Saturday at the Levy Center where I will be. So I'll be watching that game on Saturday. Uh, I'll tell you what, Santa Clara this year is kind of odd. I mean, there have been some games when they have not been able to shoot threes at all. Uh, that game against uh, uh, San Diego last month at four for 29, occasional turnover bugaboo. They had 20 giveaways in that game. They coughed up a seven-point lead at USF uh, three weeks ago with just over a minute to play because they were throwing the ball away. However, when they can avoid those occasional demons, they can be pretty tough. And I'll tell you where they can hurt some of these mid- and low-level pack uh, uh, WCC teams like Portland. Santa Clara is big. They got a couple seven footers, um, Tilly and Cafaro, uh, six ten and O'Neill, another six nine Ensminger, six eight and Tongue. I mean, they can really batter you. And they're twenty first nationally in rebound margin. That's where they really hurt Portland last month when they uh, whipped the pilots at the Levy Center. In fact, Santa Clara's last six um, WCC wins have all been by double digits, average win margin eighteen. Now they got to go up to Portland tomorrow. But Portland is weak, where Santa Clara is tough. That's on the boards, and Portland is 307 in rebound margin. They just don't have the strength to deal with Santa Clara. So as long as the Broncos can shoot a little bit and they don't turn the ball over, they will win this game handily. And remind people, Santa Clara has beaten Stanford, Oregon, and Washington State, three Pac-12 teams. None of those games were at home, by the way. And they also beat Gonzaga. So they're very capable of extending this margin tomorrow, and they will, I think, at Portland. Bruce Marshall with us, Vegas Insider, CBS Sportsline handicapper. Bruce, I'm uh, I'm getting tired of watching the uh, UCLA offense grind it out recently, especially that USC game was really tough to watch. And Mick Cronin ball, not the most exciting brand of basketball, but uh, it's better than what Cal Poly puts out there. So let's talk about 829, 830. Cal Poly, UC Santa Barbara. And uh, total in this game, 135.5, and, and I assume you're going to look under. I am. Cal Poly, otherwise known as the DePaul of the Big West, 
And uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Anonymous, the head coach, John Smith, he'll need a name like that because I'm not sure they're going to invite him back next year. But you look at this offense. I mean, they, they've got one guy who can really score, Kobe Sanders, but he is outmanned. Um, they only score about 62 points per game. I mean, this is the lowest scoring, one of the lowest scoring teams in the country. They just don't have enough offense there. And in this, the battle of the central coast, now they usually don't get destroyed. Uh, Cal Poly don't get embarrassed. They just don't score a lot of points. And Santa Barbara really relies a lot on, on, on Mitchell. And if he's not uh, hitting, uh, they, they can struggle to score some points. So 135 looks like a mountain in this game to me. So I'm going to go under in the battle of the central coast tomorrow night at the Thunderdome. Cal Poly scoring 62.5 per game, which actually uh... – not as bad as uh, you might think if, if you've been following Cal Poly basketball. Uh, what, or excuse me, uh, Bruce, let's go to Hawaii and UC Davis. And uh, you're actually going to take the points here. Hawaii plus two. That's 8-13, 8-14 on the rotation. And uh, Hawaii getting two at UC Davis. Matt, uh, when I used to play as a long time ago, and you can relate, maybe you can too, uh, Wes, when you guys played. But by the end of the season – uh, your legs start going dead. I mean, high school, junior college, and didn't. I mean, by the time I got into February, I, I, it was tough. I couldn't. I just wasn't able to jump as well. And this really hurts guys who can shoot. And Elijah Pepper from UC Davis is one of the best best scorers in the Big West, but a real bombardier. I'm telling you, his legs are dead now. Look at his shooting stats the last three games. This is a guy who was scoring 22 per game until recently and it's, that's dropped last three games five for 34 from the floor two for 21 uh for his triples i mean he has just lost it completely and this looks like dead leg syndrome to me also davis and he's the guy for davis they have not they've got one win in their last five and that was a one point over northridge which they a miraculous win they have not covered any of those games Hawaii is not playing bad. Mm-hmm. They won four or five. They've won some games in the mainland. And Justin McCoy, the kid from North Carolina, is finally blossoming from them. Look at him the last five games, 19 per game, 26 against the beach last week. Hawaii's going to win this game. And I'm telling you, Hawaii's got a shot in this Big West tournament because uh, uh, UCSD can't play in it this year. They're still ineligible for it. So, yes, Hawaii, I'd, I'd even play this on the money line maybe tomorrow night. All right, we actually got seven plays from Bruce Marshall. We got through five of them there. You get the other two on the VSIM Pro page in the morning. Bruce, we're out of time. Appreciate the analysis tonight. Thanks. Okay, guys. Thank you. Bruce Marshall, Vegas Insider, CBS Sportsline. Bruce loves his college hoops. We're going to come back and take a look at the best bets on the Thursday card to wrap up the show. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least. 
as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new players can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to 1000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use promo code VSEN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Again, promo code VSEN. Wes Reynolds, I know you came in here tonight with a heavy heart. I did. Uh, uh, so uh, before we close out the final segment here on VSEN tonight, got to do a couple Super Sky points. Uh, we will start first with... Uh, uh, one, Mike Jones. Uh, you may not know Mike Jones, and unless you're a professional wrestling fan, you, you, you don't know his government name, which is Mike Jones, but you know his character name, and that is Virgil. Virgil, who was the, uh, 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 the uh, fearless leader of the Meat Sauce Mafia, as he called himself on his, uh, his uh, Twitter page. Uh, and Virgil, by the way, was the bodyguard for the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase big boom period for what was then WWF, now known as WWE, in the late 80s, early 90s. He was the uh, the bodyguard and the handler, whatever you want to call it, for the uh, million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. Uh, uh, Virgil, Mike Jones, uh, also known as Soul Train Jones, uh, when he wrestled in the independence, uh, uh, passed away at 61. Super Sky Point uh, to Virgil, rest in peace. And then... Got the news this afternoon that actor-comedian Richard Lewis, uh, Richard Lewis, who you know obviously was a great stand-up in the 80s and the 90s and uh, uh, was in a really good sitcom with Jamie Lee Curtis in the late 80s, early 90s, called Anything But Love. But most people probably know him as uh, Larry David's friend, and they were actually very close friends in real life. I think they were born like three days apart, grew up in Brooklyn, knew each other, long-time uh, relationship, but it was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, was battling Parkinson's disease. He passes away today at 76, so... Super Sky Point, rest in peace, Richard Lewis. All right, we'll give you a second here to wipe the tears away from your eyes. And this is something we call VSIN Daily Morning Bets. This is VSIN's Daily Morning Bets. Here's your hosts, Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds. Let's we'll start in the association and a pretty good card on uh, Thursday night. Warriors at Knicks. And uh, this Warriors team going to be pushing hard in the second half to improve. It's a playoff position. The Knicks have actually dropped six of their last eight. So in that two and six stretch is included a controversial win over the Pistons. It's a banged up Knicks team. At DraftKings, the Warriors are four-point favorites at the Garden, total 223.5. Yeah, Warriors got started with a really good uh, or a start to the road trip a couple of nights ago, winning at Washington. So this is kind of their last long-ish road trip. Uh, uh, they'll have the Knicks, then they have Toronto and Boston uh, uh, to finish off on Sunday. So money has moved a little bit uh, toward the Warriors because no Jalen Brunson perhaps dealing mm -hmm. with that neck injury. So this open three, it is now four Nick's really shorthanded, just trying to kind of trying to get through, get Brunson back, and then hopefully for them, Julius Randle and OG Ananobi. So currently four and two twenty-three and a half on the total. All right. Well, the uh, Miami Heat are on an extended road trip, Wes, and I would th say things are going pretty well because uh, the Heat actually have won five in a row on the road. Next stop, Denver. Uh, may not be a happy ending to the road trip here, but the the Nuggets four and a half point home favorites. 
is the opener at DraftKings total of 214 and a half. You got to be impressed by the way the Heat team has played on the West Coast and on this road trip in general. Well, and this is also the rematch of the NBA Finals, of yeah. course, which uh, Denver triumphs. So they're going to get two meetings here in about two weeks, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, February 29th, and then the return match in Miami on Wednesday the 13th. Uh, a little bit of movement toward the heat in the overnight. There are some four and a halves out there, and that could be injury speculation if if maybe Joker's not going to go on back-to-back, so that's currently anticipated. Tyler Hero, uh, by the way, questionable what they need, but I kind of with the market here. I do lean Miami getting the four and a half. Uh, you probably will see some fives at some point on Thursday. All right, let's go to college hoops and uh, take a look at the top games on the card. We're going to start with the top game on the card. And that's Nebraska at Ohio State. And a week ago, Nebraska picked up its first road win in the Big Ten at Indiana. Game 764, Ohio State a three, three-and-a-half point favorite out there. It's moving to three-and-a-half at most books. I like the Buckeyes here, and I thought the Buckeyes were going to be a bet-on team after John Diebler took over as interim coach and Chris Holtman was fired. I really see an Ohio State team that's playing with a lot of energy, has a new life here. And if you consider how poorly the Cornhuskers have played on the road, that Indiana went aside last week. Mm-hmm. I think you probably like Ohio State in this game now. You mentioned earlier, and I agree, it would probably help if Jamison Battle were on the floor. He's been banged up for the Buckeyes. We're not sure if he's going to play. Yeah, and and look, I, I think that the Buckeyes, uh, they, they certainly could use him, but I think uh, they've got the role players uh, uh, that I think can make up for it, and, and they're just on good run right now where it's like we haven't given up on the season. We're not done yet. So Dale Bonner, Scotty Middleton uh, uh, going to have to uh, step up, uh, give them a little offense and a little defense. I like the Buckeyes as well. Money line price on the Buckeyes, which I would guess you're probably going to play, is minus 160. Yeah, about $1.60. Yeah. Uh, maybe you'll see buyback on Nebraska in the morning, and that'll get a little bit lower. But uh, I like the Buckeyes here. I like Ohio State as well. All right, let's go to Memphis, East Carolina. Tigers, four-point road favorites. Remember, Matt, that you've been saying all week, uh, I don't believe in look-ahead spots, but I do believe in letdown spots. Well, here's one, I think, perhaps here for Memphis, because they've been a little up and down here in conference play, even though they got really good wins in the non-conference. But they beat Florida Atlantic on Sunday. And Mm -hmm. Florida Atlantic was the new kid on the block, the Final Four team coming in this conference. Memphis has been waiting for these guys. And by the way, they'll get the return match in Boca Raton in the season finale. But they beat Florida Atlantic on Sunday. Now you're going to just over 500 East Carolina. And they've been a little lackluster. They haven't been shooting the ball from three very well lately, but I think that the the metrics can indicate that they're due for some positive regression. Uh, Memphis just not very good at defending the perimeter. East Carolina off a really horrible loss by 18 at Rice, where they only put up 52 points. I like the Pirates here. I like the Pirates getting uh, three and a half or four here in the overnight, depending on your store. You can get four out there, plenty of spots. And, uh, you know, I don't like road favorites, so I'm not going to disagree with your Pirates play. Do you want to stay under the radar a little bit here and go to uh, 803 on the rotation, the Tarleton State Texans yeah, at Utah Tech? Yeah, how about the uh, the, the Tarleton State Texans, uh, who we know beat Grand Canyon last week, and then it's like, okay, well, they get Cal Baptist on Saturday. Cal Baptist actually led in the first half. They didn't have their main guy in Dominique Daniels, though, and Tarleton pulled away. Tarleton's actually got the fifth longest win streak in the nation in eight games. They're only a half game behind GCU uh, in the uh, Western Athletic Conference. Now you're going to Utah Tech. Heck, and I think that this is a letdown spot. Uh, I think that, the, you know, this is the letdown after the letdown, I call it, what was supposed to be the letdown with Cal Baptist. And now you're getting this Utah Tech team, uh, formerly known as Dixie State over in St. George, coached by John Judkins. They've lost three in a row, but Tarleton State coming in, uh, and, and uh, you know, they've competed with some of the better teams in the conference, some close losses, so... Looking at this, Tarleton State laying that really small number on the road. It's as low as three, and there's still some three and a half out there, including that draft gains. Uh, uh, I like Utah Tech, uh, the men from St. George, to upset Tarleton tomorrow. The Trailblazers, plus three and a half, and I believe that game is uh, a national TV game on CBS tomorrow night, right? Uh, I don't believe so, no. but, but you, could, you can find them on your streaming devices. Uh, let's go to USC Washington State, 842, and if uh, – Two teams getting a tournament from the Pac-12. Washington State's going to be one of them. Uh, Big win a week ago for Washington State at Arizona. 
Cougars are home as six and a half or seven point favorites. I'm seeing this number uh, bounce around a little bit on the screen here. USC of Washington State and the Trojans have Isaiah Collier, their star freshman, back on the floor. This team is healthy and actually looked pretty good against UCLA over the weekend. Can you take the seven with USC? I think you can, and that's the way I'm going to go if I do bet this game. Uh, if you look at what Arizona State did this weekend to Washington State, they, they sped up the tempo. Well, USC is going to do the same thing, and they're faster paced, and I think that they just have more talent than the Sun Devils. So you've got Isaiah Collier. You've got Boogie Ellis with the dribble penetration. That's where Washington State can kind of struggle uh, a little bit. I think Washington State probably the smarter team. USC the more talented team. So uh, uh, Washington State, by the way, a very tall team. So they're going to want to get up and down USC and not have to operate in half court with these guys. So I do like the Trojans up on the Palouse tomorrow. All right, let's look at uh, VSIN daily morning bets. And uh, let's wrap up the show tonight with our best bets for the golf tournament, the Cognizant Classic, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Cameron Young, 25 to 1. How about Russell Henley, 27? Uh, I did play Shane Lowry and Keith Mitchell right around the 40 to 1 range. And uh, a couple other pizza money long shots this week. How about you, Wes? Yeah, I, I have Cameron Young on the outright at, at 26. Uh, Benny on at 31 to 1. Uh, also played Keith Mitchell at a little bit above 40 to 1. Christian Bezadenhout uh, at 61. Adam Svensson at 50 to 1. Taylor Montgomery, the long shot at 150. And then the rest of the top 20, top 30, top 40 placement markets up at vcin.com slash picks. All right, stick around for Follow the Money. This is the Sports Betting Network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.